Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicky, and on each episode of this show, we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week, it's Kirsty Wiebeck and Sammy Shah. Hello. Hello. Hi, Dave. Hi, Sammy. Hey, Kirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. I often feel like I go into a meditative state to get that little spiel out. Mm-hmm. So it's, I always wonder, do I look at the guests while I'm saying that or do I look away? And that felt, both of them felt weird. So anyway, great to be back. No, but I do like the fact that this is a a relaxed podcast. This is the, like your, your intro to this is a warm cup of tea. It's not the, because most podcasts that you do are as a, are a guest on, it's like, hey, 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 what's <laughs> yeah. going on? Yeah. And you're like, dude, calm down. I'm, like, I'm already having anxiety. Yeah. That's right. There's always so, a, I feel like there's always a, and welcome to the show, one person clapping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas on book cheat, I'm in a deep yeah, meditative right? state immediately. Fantastic. I don't know how good it is for banter, but I feel loosey-goosey. <laughs> That's great. Just sit yeah, back. Yeah. Enjoy the ride, everyone. I, I want a verbal <laughs> massage from Dave. That's what I'm here for. Well, that's what we're here for. Yeah. I'd like a physical one if you wouldn't mind, Dave. Yeah, actually, yeah. now that he mentioned it. <laughs> well, we're here to, to talk about a book. Have either of you been reading any books lately? I often ask any guests. Um, feel no pressure to say, to yeah. say you have. Uh, I, I've just finished George Saunders. Um Pond in the rain in the river in the something like that. Hang on, let me just get the name out for you. Uh, so you know George Saunders, he wrote uh, Lincoln in the Bardo. Oh yes, okay, yes, the one the, with the man Booker. Yes, that's right. And so uh, he's got this really beautiful book, and it is called A Swim in the Pond in the Rain. And that sounds like a relaxing title. And it is. So what he does is because he also teaches, uh, I think at Oberlin College in America, he teaches and has for decades now creative writing. And he does a creative writing course where the students get together and over over six weeks, they analyze four Russian short stories, like from the highlights of Russian literature. And one by Gogol, one by um, Dostoevsky and, and, and like that. And he then, so in this book, he reprints the short stories, teaches you how to read them, how to analyze them, how to break them down. And in doing so, teaches you how to appreciate writing, how to write yourself, and and how to just learn the art and craft of reading, right? You know, beyond just like reading a book, like really appreciative reading. I, mean, I think I it was a med- it was a meditative <laughs> experience. It was such a, it was such a good book. Yeah, great. Cannot recommend it enough. And now, do you feel like you're going to have more appreciation for stuff you're going to read? Yeah, I think honestly, it was one of those things. I found it useful because I've I've like kind of I stopped writing as much, and so it kind of got the writing spark back for me. Uh, but also just in terms of. As you know, as a tool of like, oh, I never thought about reading in that exploratory way. That way, he kind of makes you think about it. It's beautiful. I yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. Fantastic. Yeah. Can I see anything on the reading pile? 
Well, I was a few chapters into um, this book. Uh, I think it's actually called Villanelle and it's uh, the book that Killing Eve is based mm, on. Great. So I was a few chapters in. I was loving it sick and then um, my puppy ate it. So <laughs> <laughs> Dog ate your homework? <laughs> yeah, like, like quite literally. I was furious. I was, re- I was really Several into it pages, as well. Like just one or two or like a lot? Oh, it's completely trash. Oh. Like, uh, like in the bin. Oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah. went to town on it. The dog put and it in the bin. That's very well trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recycling bin. She knows how to sort. <laughs> And um, and so I have just picked up. Uh, I've only read like literally a couple of pages, but I've just picked up Vernon God Little, oh, which yeah. I'm pretty sure we were forced basically at gunpoint to read in year nine. Oh, were you? Because <laughs> I remember it, like it won a lot of awards and stuff internationally when it came out. I was mm. in Pakistan when it came out, but yeah, 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 um, yeah. I'm pretty certain that it was a school text, and basically every school text, just okay. by virtue of them being a school text, it's I hated terrible, them. Right. Yes. And most of them I've revisited <laughs> as an adult, and I'm like, that's actually really solid. <laughs> it's just that I did not want to be told by Mrs. Parker to read it. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out Mrs. Parker knew what they were talking yeah. about. She absolutely yeah. knew what she was talking about. So uh, that's what I'm, I'm hoping to sink my teeth into. Hopefully before my dog does. <laughs> well, so I like the fact that you call your dog a puppy still, even though it's what two years old at this point. Oh, she's just she's more like fourteen months old. Okay, all right, okay. But good. she yeah. looks like a puppy. She does. But I have taken to lying at the dog park because my dog is so energetic and wild off lead. He's about to turn three. And people go, oh, just a puppy? And I'm always like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah newborn. Yeah, yeah. Newborn, newborn, four months. Yeah, like, oh, he's going to yeah. get big. Yeah, yeah, he's going to get really yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so funny because his behaviour is such a shame yes, job. it is. I don't, <laughs> that's so oh, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure. And they say, yeah, he'll, he'll calm down. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they you say, they're a puppy until they're about two. And I'm like, he's three. Yeah. <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> anyway. I love I've that. lied to a lot of people. <laughs> Now, uh, I've been reading lately, can you believe this? Mm -hmm. Uh, And the book that I have been reading, I hold up like I'm David Letterman or something, I'll show you. Uh, It's The Sailor Who Fell from Grace with the Sea. That's what we're talking about this week. It's not dissimilar to the book uh, title that Sammy just... Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, a walk in the pond well. in the rain in the dusk oh. in the dusk. It, yeah, the, it's like yeah. it's like this book that Dave's talking about has just paraphrased your book. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, this one is so people suggest I uh, what to cover on the show, and this, mm-hmm. this one's been suggested by Riz Arzaf, who listed uh, their location as London slash Jakarta. So I love mm. that. Cool. Dual lifestyle, Riz. Man yes. of mystery. And also uh, Georgia Cobb from the UK. Hmm. Not sure where. Only, only Georgia is only in the UK. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a bit embarrassing. No you holiday need to have home two locations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It needs to be too late, like UK and you know, Peloponnesian Islands or yeah. something. Something cool. <laughs> Try yeah. to make it sound exotic. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with this book at all? No, not at no, all. No, I love the cover though. Yeah. Sorry, I know this isn't a visual You're literally medium. literally judging a book by its cover I am. I, yeah. I, and I do. But, I yeah, do all the time. Yeah. But it's an absolute beauty, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. is. A beauty. You're going to have to Google it, listeners. I'm sorry that it's not visual, but no. it is a stunning book cover. I'll chuck it on the Instagram for everyone to, mm-hmm. there we to go. fawn over. It looks like a, a Japanese lithograph print. Yeah. But, and it um, is. It's This novel is set in Japan. So oh, oh, there we go. it's all coming together. Well, they've yeah. given us a little clue. <laughs> <laughs> so, good couple will do that, I hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, as they are want to do. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me give you uh, the background to, to the book before we get into it. The Sailor Who Fell from Grace with the Sea is a 1963 novel by Japanese writer Yukio Mishima. Mm-hmm. A Britannica describes him as a prolific writer who was regarded by many critics as the most important Japanese novelist of the 20th century. Oh, wow. So, a pretty big rap there from the Wait, old mate's Britannica. 
Is Yukio Mishima... No, that was someone else. There was a Japanese novelist who then started a cult. That is Mishima. It is Mishima. Yeah. Is I it? do know about Mishima. He has a very interesting background. This yes, guy. that's wow. right. There was a whole martial element to his philosophy. And yes. he's very ang- angry at the like demilitarization of Japan. And he started a cult. And then I think they all committed suicide. This is all true gas. That's right. I know. This on. is the same Mishima that wrote this book. Same guy. Yeah. So this beautiful, this calm novel. Or this cover wow. that they've got. <laughs> it belies a certain turmoil. So he was yeah. an extremely successful novelist, uh, but also quite controversial for his views. Also, you are quoting Britannica, which no one has done since <laughs> Wikipedia was first created. Hey, I trust the You're the people. only person left reading Britannica. <laughs> I love it. I'm on there. And then it's sad because sometimes you get to an article and they say, you have to subscribe and pay to read this. And I'm like, come on, Whoa, guys. No on. one's doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No that's, doing that. that's absolutely not a thing for you, Britannica. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he achieved success in his early 20s with the publication of his second novel, Confessions of a Mask. Uh, Mishima became increasingly right-wing over his life mm. and rallied against the westernization of post-war Japan. Mm. Like the Andrew Bolt of, um, yes. of Japan, basically. Yes, who also wrote very <laughs> also wrote literature. good books, yeah, but Bolt hasn't, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. We don't know if Bolt was writing beautiful books. We don't know. Maybe under a pseudonym. He's like, he's, he is the new Mills and Boone's <laughs> head writer. We have no idea what lives people lead. I can see writing Mills and Boone, but lovely poetry, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he got increasingly famous for his views, but he continued to write prolifically, novels, plays, short stories, everything. But And then he formed a controversial private militia mm. known as the uh, Tate No Kai or Shield Society. I, lo- I love that they specified that it was a controversial private militia. <laughs> Not like the other ones. As opposed to the, yeah, the <laughs> other ones that are just everyday run of the mill, <laughs> totally above board private militia. <laughs> Like the one I've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, your private army. Yeah. That's fine. Which everyone's okay with because yeah. we trust it. They yeah. do good stuff. They do good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Always raising money for charity. <laughs> Mostly protecting dogs at dog parks. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've lied to many of your colleagues about behavior of my dog. Can you please stop lying to my private militia? <laughs> Is that a crime? <laughs> Uh, He led 80 students with the aim of preserving the Japanese culture and helping to protect the emperor in case of an uprising by the left or a communist attack. And it all came to a head in 1970. And now I'm going to quote from the BBC, Mm -hmm. which is a much... The Britannica of news, (laughs) some would say. Some of the B stands for? Yeah. (laughs) Britannica, Britannica. (laughs) It's so Britannica. Britannica, Britannica. Cool. (laughs) This is what they write about him. He was Japan's most famous living novelist when on the 25th of November 1970, he went to an army base in Tokyo, kidnapped the commander, had him assemble the garrison, then tried to start a coup. He railed against the US-backed state and constitution, berated the soldiers for their submissiveness and challenged them to return the emperor to his pre-war position as a living god and national leader. The audience, at first politely quiet or just stunned into (laughs) silence, soon drowned him out with jeers. Mishima stepped back inside and said, I don't think they heard me. Then he knelt down and killed himself by seppuku, oh, the samurai's ritual suicide. Were they? I was going to say, up on lap moment, it sounded wow. like every stand-up comedy gig where like the crowd boos you. Like, I, didn't, I don't think they got I, the material. They didn't get it. I'll kill myself now. Like, yeah. And he, wow. he was the first person to commit seppuku since the end of World War II. Wow. Oh. Can I also, sorry, just interject and make it very clear that my private militia would never behave that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're on the record. That's why it's one of the trusted ones. Yeah. <laughs> Five-star rating. At <laughs> uh, the time of his death, he just completed the fourth, final, and final book in his Sea of Fertility T 
Tetralogy. There you go. Mm. Uh, so he led an interesting life, to say the least. Very controversial. But today we're here to talk about one of his most enduring works, The Sailor Who Fell From Grace With The Sea, first published in 63 and translated into English two years later in 1965. So this is before he went cult leader. Yeah, that's okay. right. So yeah. he, he's known for his views at this time, but... Yeah. He's not... Uh, People he's, are like, oh, there's Mishima ranting again yeah, all right. about right-wing stuff. and then yeah. But his stuff's selling well. Yeah. Know, it's very popular. So it's called The Sailor Who Fell From Grace With The Sea. That's the English translation. But a few sources, the Japanese title translates literally as tugging in the afternoon. All well, right, we've then. all been there. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't... That sounds more like a right-wing <laughs> Japanese cult leader. For some reason. <laughs> Andrew Bolts, Mills and Boone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, in a weird coincidence, recently I was on Do Go On yes. and Matt and I really went down a tugging wormhole. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what it is about rabbit hole. your presence on our podcast. <laughs> I'm just like the chief tugger of Do Go On and the spin-off podcast. Now, that, that's a business card. <laughs> chief tugger. We'll get you on the books. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so I just thought that was such... Uh, I can understand why they went with a different title from Tugging in the Afternoon. There must be some marketing meeting in like yeah. the American publisher's office. Being like, yeah, we're not doing yeah, that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No. It's oddly specific as yeah, well. It's I like know. it definitely does not happen before noon. No. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Look, we've all done gigs where you're in a hotel all day. And afternoon is usually yeah. when the boredom really Hey, ends. it's afternoon somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's afternoon somewhere. Does anyone want to go for a walk? No? <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bit of me time. Weird distraction. You and I have the same phone case. Oh, there we right. go. That yeah. is <laughs> random, wow. but yeah, I know. Just a weird synchronicity. I have a feeling go. that Sammy didn't want to talk anymore about the tugging material. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I got very easy distracted. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... I should get tested for ADHD uh, at some point. I, well, I had a good 45 minutes left in... Uh, the tugging on, material? On tugging. Oh, sorry I'm about tugging. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll... I was warming up. Yeah, I was like, right. We'll just sprinkle throughout a few tugging references. <laughs> Uh, my version is translated from Japanese by John Nathan and uh, part one. I don't like his work. You, you I don't, don't? I have no idea. <laughs> you got no yeah. time for the work yeah. of Nathan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, part one is called Summer. Okay. And I always start with the opening few lines to give the, the feel of Mishima. Here we go. Sleep well, dear. Naburu's mother closed his door and locked it. What would she do if there was a fire? Let him out first thing. She had promised herself that. But what if the wooden door warped in the heat or paint clogged the keyhole? The window? There was a gravel path below. Besides, the second floor of this gangling house was hopelessly high. And we're off. Wow. Cool. I'm mesmerised. Mesmerised. So yeah. Noburu, he's locked in for some reason. And we've met two of our main characters there. There's Noburu, he's a 13-year-old boy, mm -hmm. and his mother, Fusako. They live on top of a hill in Yokohama in Japan. In a gangly house. In a gangly house with a wooden door. Yeah. All the houses were wooden, yeah. still, weren't they? Yeah. And a gravel path. We've got to mention the gravel yeah, path for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge shout out to the gravel path for yeah. me. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking gravel path below. Yeah, you could jump out of a window onto a gravel path. That's not the worst thing you can jump out on. You, you need tweezers. Yeah. 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 Well, assuming you're not wearing clothes that could endure the gravel path. Yeah. Mm. I'm thinking stones in the knee. Yeah, right. that's yeah. yeah, exactly. Ow. Yeah. No, that hurts. It hurts getting <laughs> yeah. them out. That's a time to regret sleeping naked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the only time to regret sleeping <laughs> yeah. naked. When you're not tugging in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas I'd be fine because I sleep in a full Kevlar suit yeah, 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 from head yeah. to toe. Knee Grab pads us. and everything. Carol's not getting anywhere near <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> But that's just me. Is that why? Yes, just in because, case. Because you fear gravel? Gravel. Yeah. Even though I live on the ground floor. Often non-gangly apartment. Yeah. Yeah, Nowhere near the gravel. Some would say. Yeah. In a gravel-free suburb. <laughs> gravel-free, that's right. We learn that Noburu is being locked in his room at night after being caught sneaking out to meet someone mysteriously named the Chief. Oh. Bit intriguing. Okay. Uh, this is his reality, and he's How not. How old is no? He's thirteen, 13 years old. That's right. So yeah. basically, he's been caught sneaking out. Now his mum's like, "I've got to lock you in at night because I don't trust you." Yeah. Yeah, because you're meeting the chief. The chief. But yeah. then the, the novel quickly moves on. You're left going, "The chief? What's this?" Oh, wait, they never tell us who the chief is. Well, not yet. Okay, not yet. Yeah, a bit right. of intrigue. Okay. Oh. The great work of Mishima. Yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bit of breadcrumbing. Yes. Tell me more, Mishima. But the kid's Grumbling. not happy about it. Yeah. He's not happy. Yeah. One one day in a rage, he started trashing and pulling apart his room in frustration after being locked in. And lo and behold, he found something at the back of his chest of drawers, a tiny peephole that can see into his mother's bedroom next door. Oh, that's not good. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, no. Nothing he, good comes from a 13-year-old weird kid. Spying on his mom. In, yeah, all right. So enemy soldiers occupied his house during World War II, so he reasons that they may have created the peephole that he now uses to spy on his mother. Okay. Yeah. So they, they, the soldiers were spying and now he's like, oh, what's this? So he can see into her whole room and where she sleeps alone because her fa- uh, his father has passed. And uh, he sees uh, a side of his mother that is new to him, mostly naked, mm-hmm. but also quiet and clearly reflective. She just, at the end of the day, sits on the bed naked. Just, you know, casually no, hanging out. As a parent, just I'm going to say that's not... <laughs> No abnormal. <laughs> just going. Sometimes oh. you put your kid to bed. You go lie down naked and yeah. on your own bed. You just go. I just need to breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what she yeah, does. Yeah, just hanging out. Fair enough. And uh, he watches. Don't her judge. Like a. Okay, I'm not judging her, but I'm judging this yeah, little him, creepy judge boy. Him. Judge the yeah, kid well, out of him. Yeah, yeah, because I, I just feel that your instinct would be that if you looked in the peephole, so your, your mum was hanging around naked in the bedroom, yeah, that your it. instinct would be to. Absolutely cover yeah. the oh, shit yeah. out of that oh, eyeball yeah. forever. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you'd be like, yeah, and and then you'd probably scoop your eyeballs out. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Absolutely. At the very least. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, to make sure it never happened never ever right. again. You're Even diving like straight for the gravel outside. Yeah. <laughs> Bearing your face. <laughs> but he watches it, but he only watches if they argue before bed. If they're pleasant to each other, he just quietly goes to sleep. But he watches her after they have a fight. So as an act of rebellion, I think it's an act of re- rebellion, revenge. Mom. Yeah, he's oh. like, I'll, I'll watch her like a little purr. Nothing that's, good comes from this. No, that's already. like um, eating poison and hoping your enemy dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this will show her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to scar myself for life. Yeah. Oh, you want a, a not well-adjusted son? Well, here I am. <laughs> But they fight pretty often, so he's a he's spying often late into the yeah, night. Yeah, he's working he's, the Oedipal complex up real good. <laughs> yeah, 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 really. Yeah, yeah. He's copping an eyeful on the red. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the book describes Nabooru. It says, at 13, Nabooru was convinced of his own genius. Each of the others in his gang felt the same way. They were uh, about their own genius or about his genius? I think their own genius. No, <laughs> okay. He's lowly in the gang. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. 
He's like, yeah, everyone thinks I'm pretty good. I <laughs> mean, I, I was like that until probably my late 30s. <laughs> so, yeah. You do come down hard, yeah. but yeah, it takes a while sometimes. I'm just yeah. coming into it now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm incredible. <laughs> <laughs> You're peaking. You're peaking. What's this hole in the wall? <laughs> And you're thinking, all right, what kind of genius thoughts is this kid having? Mm -hmm. This is one of his uh, thoughts we, we learn. If I were an amoeba, he thought, <laughs> I could defeat ugliness. A man isn't tiny or giant enough to defeat anything. Which you're like, that sounds kind of deep. And then you think about it more. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I, I'm not okay. sure. I, yeah. I, I feel like I missed a whole bunch of sentences between the first <laughs> yeah. and second part. Yeah. yeah, I too remember showing off my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> If I were an amoeba. Yeah. <laughs> All the friends are like, this guy's a genius. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah we get it. You know about amoeba. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's all you talk about. <laughs> uh, some of his thoughts are pretty dark, though. One is, death takes root at the moment of birth and teachers and fathers are all guilty of grievous sins. Therefore, his father's death when he was eight must have been a happy incident, something to be proud of. Because he's like... People are born to sin. My dad died early. That must have been a good thing. He's he's really good at like making one point and yeah. then making a completely disconnected point and then just jamming yeah, them yeah. together and, and going, being I'm like, a genius. I'm an amoeba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that Catholicism basically? What he just described, by the way? Yeah. Right? With sin and, and the like, yeah. yeah. So the, the good part comes from the fact his father could no longer sin because yeah, he's... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. So all teachers and all fathers guilty of grievous sins. So now his father's no longer sinning. teachers get thrown under the bus here? <laughs> teachers <laughs> really get a hard yeah, they really get blamed from for every a lot. part of society. And well, only... I had some absolute shitheads when yeah, I was growing up. <laughs> I also had right some gems. leader, Kirsty <laughs> Weebeck. Well, here. I myself was also a teacher for a time and mm. oh, I was an awful... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was a delightful one. I was genuinely a teacher. But I wasn't an awful what, what, one. I did my what best. What grade did you teach? Which class? Well, um, I started out as an English teacher, mm. like as an ESL teacher. And so then I mostly taught kindergarten, but I also taught like um, year one and two. Mm -hmm. And then I, I ended up doing like a local qualification at some point. And then I was a senior high school teacher oh, for wow. my last couple of years. Oh, great. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that's when I lived over in Taiwan. So, yeah, I taught senior high for a couple of years. And... They thought I was a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just because they were teenagers that knew of everything. Well, 13 yeah. year olds who all thought they were geniuses, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 Probably because I knew I was committing a hell of a lot of sins. <laughs> exactly, as a teacher, yeah. they're all doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but all in all, we're getting a pretty dark picture of this kid. He's, yeah. he's only 13, but he's part of a mysterious gang with a chief of the chief. Mm -hmm. mm. He's got these dark thoughts and then he's constantly spying on his mum naked. Mm -hmm. Bit of a perv. Yeah. yeah. Not a good start. Not yeah. a good start for this kid. Yeah. I couldn't possibly fathom where Mishima got these ideas from. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Is anyone checking the back of this guy's drawers? <laughs> I think this is the origin story of the character from the uh, Psycho, the movie as well, by the way. Just yeah. In the, in the end, yeah. <laughs> One night in summer, Noburu's mother, Fusako, invites a man over to the house after going out with him for dinner. The man is a sailor named Ryuji, mm -hmm. and the dinner is to thank him for taking her son, Noburu, and her on a tour of his commercial ship. That's because Noburu uh, is fascinated by ships and sailors. And this guy gave him a tour, and now to, to thank him, she's taking him out for dinner, mm -hmm. and now she, he's 
been brought, back, brought back to the house. Coffee back at my place. A little bit of coffee, absolutely. You want to come upstairs? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bit, a bit of an afternoon tug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Coffee and some tugging in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And let me just tell you that that night, Nabooru watches his mother and the sailor having their coffee and tugging mm. afternoon Uh-oh. through the peephole. So he's gone full perv now. He's watched it all. But he does think Ryuji, the sailor, is really cool because he thinks of him as an archetypal Rugged sailor. You're this guy's just, Noburu's just a mess. He is absolutely a mess. But when you're a kid, you're like, you've got this, this guy banging of, my mum is awesome. Yeah, he is like, so what cool. What are you doing, dude? Love this sailor. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Ryuji stays the night. We get to know him a bit, uh, bit after him reflecting on his uh, life as he lies in Fusaku's bed. We sort of hear the main character's thoughts throughout, mm-hmm. throughout the novel. Uh, he's never feel, really fit in anywhere he's gone. He went to sea as soon as he could because he didn't love the land. But then when he got to sea, he realised he didn't love that either. Oh, no, the grass is never greener. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie mistake, yeah. And he never fit in with the other blokey bloke sailors who constantly compare stories of partying and conquests. And he always felt like he was much quieter and uh, he felt he could achieve something greater with his life and the life of a sailor wasn't really satisfying. But he pushed away all those feelings and lived the life of a sailor anyway, grinding it out. But from time to time, these feelings of longing for greatness creep back into his mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've got to do something big. But he's not sure what. Stand-up comedy. That's usually yeah. how this ends. That, is, yeah. that impulse usually ends with, I'm going to do a one-hour show. <laughs> I'm funny. Yeah. Yeah. I have funny thoughts. <laughs> uh, next up, we learn about Fusako, the lady that he's seeing, who runs a successful luxury fashion boutique called Rex. Ooh, would I you, like it. Would you shop That's at Rex? Name. Yeah, I'd definitely go. I'd do some window shopping. And okay, yeah. Then I'd take things from there. I like how even <laughs> in this hypothetical, you couldn't commit to buying anything. <laughs> I'd have a peek in inside yeah. and then I'd see what kind of genre of fashion yeah, we're yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too many kimonos. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was started by her late husband. She now sells expensive European-style clothing oh, imported I take it back. from all over the world. Mm. But she does wear a couple of uh, very lovely silk kimonos because we learn from this business she's very well off okay ah. okay i'd go in well let me say famous people like actors and actresses shop at rex so. oh i'd definitely oh, go in. absolutely right. i'd be in there i'd yeah i'd probably be offered some sort of loyalty card no. <laughs> oh please come back <laughs> <laughs> and because of her job and uh, access to sweet clothes fusako herself is very well dressed mm. at all times uh, her connections are actually how she met the sailor ryuji a friend who is, of course, a shipping magnate. I love that anyone with friends who are shipping magnates organized a tour of one of his ships. But when she got there, the captain wasn't there for the tour. He failed to show up. But Ryuji offered to take her and her son, Nobiru, the kid obsessed with sailing and ships, for the tour. He's like, all right, I'll take you. And Ryuji stared at Fusako so intently as though he was gazing at a distant object across the sea and she was attracted to this. Oh la la. Oh la la, indeed. So am I if I could be so bold as to mention it. <laughs> if, you, if you get on a ship and the sailor isn't blinking and just staring, just at, staring you, at you, just staring at you, would that not turn you on? Uh, yeah, right? staring into your soul. But yeah. looking at you like massive a, aphrodisiac. Like yeah. a distant object though. Like I'm thinking like iceberg, like he's looking at you with full terror, like move, like, we yeah. got to get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, you've definitely perceived it in a different way to me. <laughs> the, the way you're discussing it, like definitely less horny. Yeah. 
no, no, I'm way more turned on now. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You like an element of danger. Yeah. Dave staring at me like I'm an iceberg? <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's right. Well, all the good stuff happens in Titanic after That's the That's right. Room. That is very true. <laughs> and then how about this for a sexy scene? She then drops her parasol mm. and he slowly picked it up and gave it to her. Bit of a slow-mo scene, I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh. That's hot. Is this your parasol? He's like, yes, clearly I just dropped it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's how I lured Elle under myself. <laughs> Was I just flung a parasol out in front of her one day? You didn't drop it, just threw it. <laughs> she had to jump into the bushes to avoid it. Hey, it worked, uh, all right? Yeah. Now I've got your attention. Want to go for a drink? <laughs> oh, and can you bring my parasol back? Yeah. yeah, please give me my parasol. I need that. I'm getting sunburned. <laughs> so she invited him to the to dinner under the pretext of thanking him for giving the tour to her son. But really, she wanted to get to know this guy a bit better. And on the way home, they walked through the park. And this is her now reflecting in the office at her fashion boutique. Mm. She, she's thinking back going, actually, that's the most I've spoken to any man in the last five years since my husband died. Mm. Mm. She's like, I, f- I feel a real connection there. Uh, Ryuji reflects on the night a little differently. She thought he was a great listener and doesn't seem to have many thoughts, bit of a strong, silent type. But actually, when he reflects on the night, he scolds himself for not being eloquent and getting out his innermost thoughts. So he remembered her asking, why haven't you ever been married? And he remembered his simple answer, it's not easy to find a woman who's willing to be a sailor's wife. But uh, what he wanted to say was this ridiculously long uh, passage that I couldn't be bothered typing out, so I'm going to read straight from the book. What he wanted to say was, all the other officers have two or three children by now and they read letters from home over and over again and look at pictures of their kids drawn of houses and the sun and flowers. Those men have thrown opportunity away. There's no hope for them anymore. I've never done much, but I've lived my whole life thinking of myself as the only real man. And if I'm right, when a limpid, lonely horn is going to trumpet through someday, a turgid cloud lace with light will seep down and the poignant voice of glory will call for me from the distance and I'll have to jump out of bed and set out alone. That's why I've never married. I've waited and waited and here I am past 30. <laughs> so- Holy shit, mate. I'm getting <laughs> Thank strong. God. Stand-up <laughs> comedian who starts a podcast vibes from this guy. <laughs> Thank God you didn't say that. Thank yeah. God you didn't say that. Stick with the original plan. <laughs> Shut up. Clearly the original plan got him laid. I don't understand why he thinks he should have done it differently. Well, <laughs> if he said that yeah what he wanted to say if he'd actually said that like she would have passed out <laughs> yeah yeah and there would have been no he'd sex still time. be talking right yeah, now there was no yeah. coffee yeah. after that yeah. oh yeah. no she'd be packing up his handkerchief and <laughs> yeah. shoving him out the door why has he got a handkerchief i don't know but <laughs> you gonna need packing how long, is it? <laughs> how long does it take to pack up a handkerchief and why have i determined that he has one I don't know. I like that. Scene building. Like yeah, that. it's yeah, a bit of poetic yeah, license. Yeah, yeah. So please indulge me. <laughs> but he's there going, stupid, stupid. Why didn't I say that? And she's sitting there going, my goodness. Thank God he didn't say yes, that. Yes, he's yeah. so silent. He's a great listener. I really like that about yeah. him. So, you know, just speaks in you know simple sentences. Yeah. I get this man, but really he's like, I wish I'd said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, finally, a man that doesn't bang on. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, he's wishing he banged bang on. on. <laughs> I just want to bang on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to unleash my inner bang on <laughs> The few things he did manage to tell her that is that he lost his house during the war and then his sister and father both soon died after. So he went to sea to get away from his shattered life. So that's okay. a bit more mm-hmm. background of why he left. And then we know that he doesn't really like the sea, but he doesn't like anything. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now internally he's questioning his his life at, at sea. We learn that he's going to see Fusaku once more before heading back out on the next job. Yeah. This so, sounds like me every time I go into a cruise ship. Yeah. <laughs> like que- by day three, questioning my life at sea. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> Why don't I say yes? I There's people everywhere. <laughs> I can't remember my life back on land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if you think about it, how lonely you probably get. Someone goes, how are you doing? And you maybe gave a 17-page yeah, answer. Right. Like this guy. Well, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks for asking, right. actually. Yeah. I usually turn it into a hostage crisis yeah. up at the buffet. <laughs> well. <laughs> now that you've mentioned it, yeah. I've actually got a lot on my plate at the moment. <laughs> really, they're hoping for a simple good thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and then for you to get out of the way of the omelette bar. <laughs> get back to tugging in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Come on, we've all got yeah. places yeah. to go. <laughs> so it's super hot. It's the height of summer and Ryuji, uh, the next day, he's walking around the park reminiscing about hanging out with Fusako. It's so hot he just decides to wet his T-shirt with a fountain just like he used to do with a hose when he was a kid. Mm. So he's wandering around and... In a wet T-shirt. In a wet T-shirt, fully <laughs> yeah. sopping wet he is yeah. now. And he actually runs into Noburu, his new love's son, mm-hmm. young 13-year-old boy. Noburu is hanging out with some friends and Ryuji's like, hey, guys, and tries to be cool and down with the kids to win over Noburu's approval. But Noburu, the kid, can't stop staring at Ryuji's wet shirt and asks what happened. And he explains that he wet it with a fountain and... Nabura is like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But he's actually worried about running into Ryuji. That's one of the reasons he's acting weird is because he wasn't supposed to be at the park. He's told his mother he's gone swimming. But instead, before the park, he went to an abandoned shed to have a meeting with his friends. One oh. of whom is the, the chief. chief. Oh. Uh. Sounds suspiciously like he might be drumming up a private militia. Yes. <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> Hide your government officials. Uh, The other boys are only referred to as number one, number two, Nabooru is number three, and the final kid is number four. I do that as well. I'm horrible with names. Yeah, I actually think it's a great idea. If we could do that at gigs where, you know, when you're about to, I can't remember comedians' names. Give it up for number two, everybody. All right, we're going to give it up for the final act of this bracket, number three. I'm your MC, the chief, of course. (laughs) Yeah, that would be so much easier. Right? And at the end of the night, they just, uh, the final act headliner just goes, give it up for the chief. Yeah. Fantastic. It works for everyone. That's easy. Yeah. Okay, I mean, cool. Well, uh, it's it, been mentioned on the podcast, so now that is how gigs yeah, go. Exactly, exactly. Though all those open mics with 24 acts on would be very different. What number are we up to? <laughs> <laughs> then you get out there like, well, they technically didn't tell any jokes, so mm-hmm. we'll go to number three again. Yeah, exactly. The next yeah. number. <laughs> We're retiring that number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out the, the group is a little nihilist club led by the chief who uh, teaches all the other boys about how awful the world is and how, quote, the uselessness of mankind and the insignificance of life. They're all, I had they're no all 13. clubs like this when I was 13. Yeah. But we, we just played Dungeons and Dragons. This sounds way cooler. This, you think this is cool? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dungeons and Dragons wasn't <laughs> was considered cool. Most things are cool. <laughs> I know. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> so back at the meeting, Noburu showed off and tried to impress his friends at the, the meeting by saying, the sailor came over to my house last night. Did you know this? And he says, quote, the sailor is terrific. 
He's like a fantastic beast that's just come out of the sea, all dripping wet. Last night, I watched him go to bed with my mother. Good that's, Lord. He's Nabooru. showing off with this. Shut oh. up. <laughs> Everyone is either thinking or speaking too much in this book. Yeah. But the other kids aren't impressed by this. Yeah, number one and number two are like, this is way too much <laughs> this information. This is so weird, dude. You should not be watching your mom being, making love to a sailor. Yeah, oh, my God. Or anyone, really. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not really sailor specific, is it? Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> my now problem, is, my it, problem right. is not yeah. with a sailor. Yeah. I focused on the wrong part. Yeah, I take if you're a butcher, get in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Finally, a respectable position. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> executive. I need an executive. Yeah. So the kids aren't impressed, especially the chief, who's teaching the others that heroes don't exist. How old is the chief? Do we know yet? Also 13. They're all 13 years old. Oh, okay. But for some reason, he's just taken charge and has uh, right. got some pretty uh, no, out there world yeah, views. Yeah, all right. Uh, he says they need to destroy the world to recreate it. Mm-hmm. That's his thing. Mm. He's also, quote, trained the other boys to find sex morally and intellectually worthless by showing them pictures, quote, of intercourse in every conceivable position. <laughs> Everyone? <laughs> every. Just for research purposes, I would like access <laughs> to, all, to all three images. <laughs> Some of the kids are like, well, I'm, I'm, okay, can three. we go back to the previous page? I'm not convinced yet. So yeah. All three images? What, what's the third okay, one? Well, the third one is just a bird's eye view yeah. <laughs> of the same, same thing. The close-up. Number two is a close-up. Number three is a bird's eye view. It's all go. missionary. It's all missionary. Yeah. It's, well, it's all sex. There's only yeah. one, yeah. one position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so hang on. His strategy to turn them off sex was yeah. show them porn. Yeah. yeah that, that has not worked since the history of <laughs> no, mankind. No, exactly. you know? yeah, normally, a group of 13-year-old boys, the one kid who's got access to his 1980s yeah. dad's porno. Yeah, is the <laughs> god. Is showing the them and the kids are like, this is sick. Yeah. They're not going gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If that worked, Pornhub would be the worst <laughs> business know. model ever. Exactly. They're like, no one's watching. <laughs> yeah. They're all watching one time and then they're not coming back. They're watching it for educational purposes <laughs> to figure out how disgusting it is, morally yeah. wrong, and then never going online again. Oh, they're doing it that way. Oh, that is morally reprehensible. <laughs> yeah. When I was in the, uh, <laughs> when I was in Pakistan, there was a the government banned all the porn websites, right? So they decided the institute ban, and, and basically what they did was they actually said if they told the public, if you can tell us what the porn website URLs are, we can add them to our ban <laughs> list. So one teenage boy, 13 years old or 14 years old, provided a list to the website to the government of several hundred thousand <laughs> porn websites and every there were news articles of like what a moral boy this is because look at how he's helping the government and i was like that boy has got like one arm way <laughs> more muscular than the yeah, other right. his eyes are glowing oh red hot God. coals at this point yeah, he's, he's re- like, reported his websites because he's like i need something to make it stop. he's like please take this yeah. away from please. me i can't, I can't be trusted it. with this and so yeah. i made fun I of him like how you can ban yourself from gambling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, honestly. <laughs> and the government gave him an award for it. Wow. <laughs> like, well done on all the porn that you have told us about. That's like greater, Pakistan's greatest tugger. <laughs> oh so, God. yeah. Not just in the afternoon. Oh, no. That's, no. Wow. So the government are praising him, but is he also like public enemy number one? Oh, yeah. His no, high no. school must have Yeah, I assassinated him. I <laughs> personally <laughs> killed him myself. <Yeah. laughs> Hundreds of thousands. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a bizarre thing. Yeah. He's like, I just stumbled across these. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> These 700,000 websites. Yeah. I just, you yeah. click one link and then you get a Wikipedia <laughs> hole. Yeah, and that's then a like, real rabbit hole. hole. Suddenly you've got 700,000 tabs 
open. Yeah, and next thing you know, you're on <laughs> mum being plowed by sailor.com. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of which, so he's trying to show up. He tried to show up and said, look, I saw my mum my with his hero last night. And they're like, dude, that's weird. But there's no heroes anyway. Nabura's like, but the sea, the sea has got, must have meaning because Murphy's obsessed with the sea. Hmm. And the chief says, okay, maybe the sea has meaning. Maybe it's the only thing, but, but not ships. Ships have no meaning. They're man-made, just okay. the sea. All right. Okay. Anything from man is bad. Cool. That's yeah. what trying to say. Yeah. So it's yeah. a fucked up little club, that's for sure. It's a little no, I'm, I'm on board with everything so far. I don't know what your problem is. I'm very convinced. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's tell you that things go from bad to worse when they go. They went back to the chief's house after the, after the meeting. Mm-hmm. This is before they run into Raju at the park, immediately before. Uh, his parents aren't around and obviously don't care. And the group go to the garden shed where they, uh, they capture a stray cat. Oh, no. This is where things get very oh, grim. Shit. So I'll speed through the scene because it's horrific. Yeah. Uh, the chief instructs Naburu, our main character, to to prove himself by killing the cat. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Which he does that by... That going to happen, yeah. Slams it onto the ground and the cat dies. And if that's not already bad enough, the chief then puts on latex gloves, cuts open the cat with scissors and starts pulling out the inside. So this is a right group of psychopaths. Yeah, absolute like group of psychopaths. Especially led by the chief. Who's, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think the other kids are more like malleable young minds. Mm. The chief's definitely a psychopath. Yeah, yeah the yeah. chief is Satan. And is, uh, yes, uh, infecting their minds. It's like Jeffrey Dahmer and his gang of friends. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. If he'd recruited right. yeah. other young men. Uh, during this moment, Nabura thinks, as he watches the, the chief uh, cut open the cat, I can do anything now no matter how awful because he's been part of this horrific Mm -hmm. thing and then the chief gives him praise for finally becoming a real man he's like you proved yourself here today kid so it's all it's very suddenly gone very messed up here Mm -hmm. now just tonally is mishima condemning some of this or presenting it to us for us to condemn or is the tone like isn't this great more (laughs) people should (laughs) be like these kids i think it's mostly being presented to us to condemn I i believe but but it's also not it's not saying what a bad thing I think right. it's just it's still the whole thing's quite poetic in language mm-hmm. but because mm-hmm. um, Mishima's whole thing if I I'm going off of like a thing I read years ago on Britannica because it's a great source yeah of course the only source <laughs> <laughs> Britannica Britannica cool cool all right <laughs> but his whole thing was that uh, uh, Japan has become emasculated yes because the army has been you know there's no army anymore uh, america defeated us in the war japan was samurai culture that's all gone now and we are an effeminate country was yep. his whole thing and so him here saying this boy with no father who watches his mother all the time through the peephole is is struggling with the lack of masculine influence this sailor is a masculine influence Killing cats is a masculine thing and where they're becoming men. Is that like, this is what happens when you don't have men in their lives. Yeah, I can see. The male energy goes awry is his thesis, I think. I think I can definitely uh, see that. But then when I'm reading, all I'm thinking is, Jesus, this is fucked up. I mean, yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I might be, this is George Saunders' approach, which I'm now applying to. Yeah, no, that's good. I think that. Thematic. (laughs) Yeah, because. As we, oh no, I don't want to give away too much. Okay, all right, I don't want okay. to give away too much. Okay. But uh, we'll, let's revisit that. All right. See what you enough. think by, by the end. Okay. But I, but I like that a lot. Me too. <laughs> Enchanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So that's what happened immediately before arriving at the park. Now he's running to Roji in a wet t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And Nobu is very disappointed. This guy, he had just told his friends about being a heroic sailor, is now standing there sopping wet <laughs> like a child with this weird fake smile, smile being like, hey, kids. Yeah. And he's embarrassing Nobu. He's like, I just told them that this guy's like a hero. He's a lion. And now he's flossing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he's, he's embarrassing me. He's not a hero at all, he thinks. He's damp. He's yeah. a damn. No, yeah. no, yeah. no one heroic is ever <laughs> yes. damn. You're right. Damn. <laughs> uh, despite this disappointment, Roji and Nibiru head back to Nibiru's house to wait for his mother because Roji was coming over for a date that night. Nibiru asked Roji not to give away his secret of actually of not going swimming and still desperate for the kid to like him. He's like, no worries, buddy. Your secret's safe with me. Back at the house, Nibiru fires uh, question after question about boats and life at sea to Roji because that's his obsession. And Roji's like... Wow, you really know your stuff. You know more than me, he says. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> <laughs> but the kid snaps back, I don't like flattery. Oh. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, all right, I'm trying to be cool. This is weird, okay. Uh, Fusaku comes home and Ryuji and her go out on a date and they have a good time but both get quite emotional because Ryuji's leaving the next day and they're developing feelings for each other. They're not sure where this is going. Meanwhile, Noburu cracks it at home when his housekeeper, remember, quite wealthy, gets a phone call from Fusaku saying that she'll be spending the night at, quote, a friend's house. Oh. I wonder which friend. Oh, in inverted commas, a friend. A friend. Okay. A gentleman caller. Oh, Fusaku must have run into one of her old friends out on the date and gone yeah. back to their house. No, Strictly Boris platonic friends. Yeah. 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 Boris is going to have to start an empty room to the people. <laughs> yeah, honestly, he cracks off. it. Oh. Not because... You know, uh, for being abandoned, but because he won't be able to perv on them through the peephole. He gets disappointed. Oh, no. And cracking it, in his diary, he writes down a list of what he perceives are Ryuji's crimes. Oh. It says, charges against Ryuji. Charges. One. <laughs> no, charges. I love that. <laughs> so formal. Are yeah. easily the worst thing on earth. <laughs> no, it's so good. Yeah. So formal. Yeah. Yeah. So charges good. against. <laughs> charges. <laughs> One. Smiling at me in a cowardly, ingratiating way when I met him yeah, this guilty. noon. Fair Disgusting. Disgusting. Fair Life. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. <laughs> Number two. Wearing a dripping wet shirt and explaining that he had taken a shower in the fountain at the path, just like an old bum. Mm. Kill him. Kill <laughs> him. <laughs> three. Deciding arbitrarily to spend the night out with mother, thereby placing me in an awfully isolated situation. Oh, kill him, <laughs> yeah. kill him, yeah. kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he decides to cross out the third charge as he feels it's, oh, a, bit, okay. it's a bit subjective. <laughs> that okay. one was a bit much. That's a bit much. Yeah. You know, it's like when the prosecutor goes forward with, all right, we'll drop that charge, but these two Name will him. definitely yeah. get you with these. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. good on him for having the self-awareness to dial things back a bit. <laughs> yeah. Wet T-shirt, that's killing me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's unforgivable yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fraternising with a fountain, revolting. Mm. <laughs> the next day, Fusaku and Noburu go down to the docks to say goodbye to Ryuji, who boards his ship and they watch him disappear into the distance. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of part one. Okay. Oh. Dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> part two, our final part is called Winter. Remember to start with Summer. 
Oh, yeah, I oh, forgot about that. Oh, Winter. Yeah. They're both seasons. I see yes. what they've done. Oh, okay. Bit of a theme here. Yeah. yeah. Let's put that in our essays. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of light and shade. <laughs> well, this has given me a whole extra oh. chapter to write about <laughs> later on. <laughs> <laughs> so part two is winter. Ryoji returns after six months away at sea on December 30, and Fasako and, and her chauffeur are waiting for him as he disembarks the ship. They immediately kiss and it feels like no, t- no time has passed at all. Mm-hmm. She was a bit worried it might be a bit awkward, but no, they're straight back into it. Nice. In the I'm meet- happy for them. Yeah, they're having a good time. They yeah, like each other. Not? Yes, great. Yeah. Obviously, she doesn't know that he's got these weird thoughts going through his mind, but he's. <laughs> but as long yeah. as she never so hears it, it's fine. Yeah, yeah hopefully shut- she never <laughs> finds out. <laughs> yeah. He's shutting up so far, yeah, so yeah, everything's exactly. going swimmingly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, as well as writing each other letters, Fasako has played tennis and won a trophy. That's what she did with her, her spare time. She won a tennis trophy. Wow. Good on her. I just want to say, she's fucking crushing it. She's cool. We're not giving her enough credit here. No, she's running this great business. Yeah, she's a successful businesswoman, very rich and wealthy as a result of yeah. her hard work dealing with the creepy pervert 13-year-old son. son and also tennis champion <laughs> and also just hooking up, like yeah. enjoying her best Living life. Your life. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should I pass on your contact details? <laughs> if you'd be so kind. I might just fling a parasol out in front of oh, her. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, but that's my move. I know. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> you end up just like throwing them at Two the same time. Going, yeah. Just swapping. Oh, you seem to have traded a parasol. <laughs> I know to uh, not be too verbose in her presence mm, as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Just shut up. Be zipping yeah. my lips. Play simple. You'll be right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you do the talking game. Yeah, right. <laughs> then she sees you get on stage. She's like, wow, Cassie's got a lot more thoughts than I thought. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so she's won a trophy. And meanwhile, Roger, he's... Uh, started talking more to his sailing colleagues. So he's opened up for the mm-hmm. first time. He started talking about his his on-land romance. Usually mm-hmm. he's like, I don't want to talk about it myself. But, you know, they've all had personal growth. A tennis player and emotionally. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes upstairs to see Naburu when he gets to the house and gives him a gift of a taxidermied baby crocodile that he got in Brazil. Which sounds like a border security nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> imagine Can you imagine <laughs> walking into Australia with that? Yeah, you wouldn't be getting that through Sydney Airport. No, you have anything to declare? Not. Um, actually. Yeah. yeah, border security just starts chanting, kill, <laughs> kill, kill. <laughs> And the next charge against him is a ridiculous gift. <laughs> Nabooru is suspicious of it and he calls the president a phony and asks Ryuji when he's next going back to sea. Fasaka's shocked because she's like, oh, my son's being so rude to my boyfriend. This is, yeah. yeah. He's really he got lashing this out. this lovely taxidermied yeah. crocodile. What's yeah. the problem? But she's stunning al- specimen. But she's <laughs> also like, actually, how long are you going to stay? Any idea? Like, obviously he's rude, but any idea? And um, he says he's not sure yet. So we're not sure how they're going long term. Look, he did, you know, that one sentence he did say on their first date was it's hard to have a relationship when you're a sailor. Exactly. It's true. He, he made sense. Front load this. Even though he was like, damn it. I yeah. wish I'd said this crazy. <laughs> but four paragraphs. Soliloquy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Nabooru is not happy to see Ryuji back. Later that night, Nabooru adds two charges to the list against Ryuji. Yes. So we've got a new number three. Mm-hmm. That comedian bombed. We've got a new number three. <laughs> Answering when I asked what he, when he would be sailing again, I'm not sure yet. Charge number three. Kill him. <laughs> kill him. Kill him. <laughs> Charge number four. Coming back here again in the first place. 
Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! Wow. So now there's four charges. Not looking good. No. The rap sheet's growing. He's going to go the way of the cat. Uh-oh. Yeah. 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 This Uh-oh. is a huge rap sheet. Yeah. <laughs> These charges, however, don't stop him from thinking about going back into the peephole when he hears his mother and Ryuju, you know, walk into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. But he wonders if he'll get caught. But anyway, on New Year's Day, Fusaku and Ryuju go to a park. They bloody love parks. This is the third park they've been to now. I, I really like parks. Yeah. If there was a book written about me, it'd be like, she's at the bloody park again. <laughs> like two or three times a day I'll, I'll go to the park. But also because I have a dog probably. Yeah. But I used to go to the park without a dog. I kind of got the dog to justify yeah, my you, attendance. You, you blend in. look less creepy as a park. People call the police less now. Yeah. Uh, I've got a dog, so I'm allowed to be here. Allowed to be here. He's <laughs> naked? No, yeah. but I am allowed to be here. Oh, you don't want my dog to get any exercise? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe I'll call the RSPCA and report you. <laughs> Officer. <laughs> So they go to the park on New Year's Day uh, to watch the sunrise, first sunrise of the year. Mm. Ryuji is starting to accept that he's building a life on land. Start thinking about it a bit more serious. He thinks about his goal of achieving something massive that he that's powered him his whole life, getting a bit of glory. He's like, actually, tennis. I want. I want. Yes, I could double with yeah. Fusaku. We yeah. could really take. We could get. We could get a Wimbledon trophy. We could do this. No, he wonders. I wonder if that's even possible anymore. Maybe I should just settle down. So. He's, about selling down. So he asks Fusaku to marry him, Ooh. which she is very surprised by. Honestly, he gets a bit defensive here and says, I may just be a dumb sailor, but I've never done anything I'm ashamed of. Oh, yeah. She's like, okay, fine. Yes, she says yes. But we'll have to talk about three things. Uh, Naburu, my son, mm-hmm. my fashion shop, and your life at sea. These are the three. Yeah. yeah. A, of- keep finances separate. <laughs> Good idea. Right. Yeah, no, no joint account. That's good, Sammy. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Um, Naburu goes to boarding school. That's why I keep him separate from us. Yeah. He's yeah. fantastic yeah. to get yeah. rid of this kid. Further away. Yeah. And life at sea, whatever. Who cares? Go, yeah. yeah. It's a job. A job but a but job. he says, don't worry, I won't be sailing for a while. Mm. In okay. fact, when his ship leaves port a few days later, Ryuju isn't even on it. He oh. decides to stay on land with his new fiance and her cat killing son. <laughs> Not that he knows that. He's a cat murderer, <laughs> but he's her son. Yeah. <laughs> Popular Japanese pop song. Yeah. <laughs> so relatable. <laughs> Noburu, meanwhile, goes back to school in January and meets up with his evil little uh, gang for the first time since the school break. And they have Do one they have of- like a gang name? The no, evil little shits. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I wish they had a name. Enough, yeah. no, they don't call themselves anything. The yeah. evil little stray cat killing shits, <laughs> I, I think is what they called themselves. Did you, did you have a gang name? Like you and your friends when you were in like 13, 14? I don't think so. No. Did I don't you? think we felt like a gang so much as just a group, a group of, of yeah. yeah, yeah, a group. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I was uh, not in a gang, but I was, was in a band called Weed Hornet. So that was kind of my little mini cool. gang. All right. Okay. Yeah. Na- named after the whippersnipper in the garage where we practiced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people thought we were so- the biggest stoners and we were like, nah, it's, it's a whippersnipper. <laughs> and we were a punk rock band. So, of course, we were telling it of like course. it is. Yeah, yeah. What were you telling? <laughs> um, 
everyone, fuck you. Oh, yeah, fair stuff. enough. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Oh, cool. you're a badass, that. Dave. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. badass. Yeah. What? I could tell you had it written all over your face. Thank you so much. And <laughs> if you imagine this face as a 13-year-old, it's even badder. <laughs> and also. Right? Oh, yeah, and yeah. also. Yeah. <laughs> you're the Nabooru of <laughs> punk rock. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah. that was, did you have a gang, Sammy? Or like a name no, no, for your no, like group? just a group. Like, um, like the Scooby Gang or something. No, it was called, it was terrible. It, it was... Um, uh, the syndicate. Oh, that's that is, not terrible. That's cool. Because yeah. we thought cool. we thought we'd be like one day we will take over the world and become cool with our Cindy, cool name. Cool. We had a cool the name. The syndicate's syndicate. a great that's name. Great. But that's then a, the name of the uh, the baddies in the X Files. Yeah, but then is it very cool? None of us have any oh, yeah. anything cool happening. But what we did do, which I which I which I'm proud of, is when when we all started having kids, we decided we'll call our kids the Cindy Kids, <laughs> um, which our kids don't know. <laughs> they have, they no, don't know. They have nah. no idea that we. <laughs> Christian themselves. Yeah, because yeah. you're proud of it, but your children would yeah, be ashamed oh, of it. <laughs> My 13-year-old would stab me like I was a cat. <laughs> Calling your kids the yeah. Cindy kids, though, like that's a lot lower key than getting together and killing a straight yeah, cat. Yeah, so I I'm figured. pleased that you, you went with that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Those are the two options on the table. <laughs> the only two options yeah, yeah. were to kill a cat or yeah. call your kids yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I think I might take a leaf out of your book and call my firstborn child Weed Hornet ah. as a tribute. That's yeah. so nice. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's, that is beautiful. That'll take off. That'll be like for that year it'll end up <laughs> being like the number be, one. The number one girl's name, Chloe. The number one boy's name, Weed Hornet. Weed Hornet Wanaki. <laughs> Kicked it all up. It just flows. Nice it flows. Thank you. It it's really nice. W H W. Yeah, I love it. It's, Imagine those initials. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> First name Weed. <laughs> okay. Middle initial H. And then he's, he's the kid has to tell everyone. Look, my parents, they seem like stoners, but really it's, it's a whippersnipper. Yeah. <laughs> he likes gardening, okay? Can you stop punching me now? Yeah, please. <laughs> so he's going back to school, meeting up with the, the, the little, the syndicate, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cindy kids, they the are. Cindy kids, they are, yeah. Uh, they have one of their secret meetings and the chief asks Nabooru about his hero, the sailor, and Nabooru confesses that he's given up his sailing job to live on the land. Mm-hmm. And... He, and no he's also like, hero. I've given up on him being my hero. Yeah. Oh, I have a list. <laughs> you yeah, want to yeah, see it? I've crossed him off. <laughs> yeah. And I've written in his charges. Uh, the chief asks Nabooru if he wants to, quote, to make that sailor a hero again. But he won't say what that involves. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. He's gone a bit MAGA mm-hmm. here. The boys uh, compare what they did over the break and the chief confides that his father beat him up. And the others start to complain about their own dads. I'm not against the father in this case. Because this kid, <laughs> this is, kid is definitely off a psychopath. The rails. Yeah. Although the beatings might be why it happened in the first place. Yes, yeah, so I think. And all the boys start complaining about their own dads and how they mistreat them. Mm-hmm. And the chief th- says, well, there, there are worse things in life than being beaten. And Nibiru begins to feel lucky that he doesn't have a father at all. He's like, oh, sounds like I've dodged a bullet because all these kids' dads are awful. Mm. Yeah. But he starts to worry with Ryuja around. Maybe oh. he won't say, stay so dad free for long. Mm. So he's feeling a bit threatened. During the week, Fusaku and Ryuju take Nibiru out to the cinema and to his favourite uh, food, a Chinese restaurant, and then they tell him, we're getting married. So it's kind of trying to suck up to him a little bit, taking him out to a nice yeah, night out. like a compliment sandwich. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ryuju tells Nibiru that he's going to start calling him son. Oh, oh, that's too, too That's too Straight fast. away. Way too fast. No, but you know, also I don't think, I don't think the father... 
like the stepfather is the one that gets to make that call. Yeah. No. It's more that right. the, child the child would, would at one point be like, is it okay if I call you dad? I was yeah. thinking that too, but it's yeah. like, no, I'm going to start calling you son and then they have an awkward handshake across the table. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. I'm going to do that in the supermarket later on. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just going to go up to a child like an aisle four and be like, from today on I'm going to call you son and just see what and happens. Put your hand up to the, <laughs> the awkward handshake. <laughs> Just to see what this is a little social experiment. I dare say I'll be uh, sending you both a message saying that went terribly. (laughs) I'm actually in prison. (laughs) And you're like, actually, I've got a dog, so I'm allowed to be here. (laughs) Nothing weird. I'm exercising my dog. This Mishima guy, not good ideas (laughs) at all. (laughs) It really didn't work out well for him or anyone else. Or anyone else. Terrible advice. So Nabir is not, he's not happy about this. He's like, I didn't want a dad. All my my five friends, they've got terrible dads. Now I'm going to have a dad. He decides to get back at his mother by watching her through the secret peephole, something he hasn't done in a while. That'll show her. I don't buy that at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am not convinced by that last statement at all. <laughs> yeah. In case he gets caught, he decides to have a foolproof plan of taking his torch and doing some homework in the drawers so he can innocently say, I was just doing schoolwork in this, like, my little cubby house. Okay. If he gets caught. The other thing is they've stopped locking his door at night because they're like, we trust you now, you're a big kid. Don't have to lock the door, but without he thinks it's easier to get caught now. Yeah, of course they, they can, can bust it. Yeah, they open the door quickly and see what the hell are you doing. So he's yeah. like, "All right, I'll, I've got this foolproof plan. I'm doing homework. I've got a torch." Unfortunately for him, he falls asleep inside the cabinet with the torch on. That night, Fusaka and Raiju get into bed. Things start getting <gasps> hot and heavy. And then see the light coming. They through They turn the, the lights out to do it. After and they see a little light emanating from a hole in the wall, and they're like, "What the hell is that?" Uh oh, Raiju. He's confused, but Fusaku, the mother, gets what it is straight away and runs into her son's room, drags the sleeping boy out of the hiding spot and just starts slapping him, saying, you're disgusting, you've humiliated me. All things are correct, yes. yes. Yeah, <laughs> All absolutely. correct accusations. And Fusaku tells her, your new father, Ryuji, will punish you with a beating. Oh, shit. And Ryuji comes in and he asks Nobiru calmly if he's been watching them from the beginning. And when Nobiru confirms this, he decides to play good cop. Cool dad. He says, when I came into this house, son, your life changed too. Not that it was wrong for me to come, but. <laughs> uh First, never haven't read that out loud before. Here we go. Uh, tugging in the afternoon. <laughs> it wasn't wrong to tug. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> or be tugged. You know, yeah, we're not nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a natural yeah. part of exactly. life. Yeah. <laughs> just not... When a man loves a woman, they tug. <laughs> they tug. In the one position from many angles. Uh, not that it was wrong for me to come, but it did change your life. And it's natural for a boy in junior high to feel curious about changes in his life. But what you did was wrong. There's no question about that. But from now on, I want you to direct that curiosity towards your schoolwork. Do you understand? (laughs) They're very different energies. I know. (laughs) But Nabooru is secretly disgusted by this. He thinks, can this man be saying things like that? This once splendid hero who once shone so brightly? You liked him for half a day. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) He's going to have to add it to the charges. Yeah. Yeah, Honestly, he's like, I would have preferred a beating. And he remembers the chief saying, there are worse things in life than being beaten. And one of them is... Being shown kindness. Being shown kindness <laughs> by your weak dad. <laughs> Man up, dad. Man up, yeah, that's honestly what he's thinking. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, a that's mess. terrible. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's really sad, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so he's not impressed, but he's thinking, I'm going to make this kid love me by being real nice to him. 
Yeah, but, Je- go- gosh, they've got two misaligned agendas. Yeah, they really yeah. do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nabooru reports to the chief and the others about uh, Ryuji and now enlists the now 18 charges he's compiled oh against boy. them. Oh, boy. They're growing exponentially. Yeah, so many. Yeah. Number one is the wet T-shirt. And the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. it can't get yeah. worse yeah. from there. Yeah. It cannot get worse. Yeah, that's rock bottom, isn't it? The chief does the maths. He equates the charges to 150 points and reasons that Ryuji cannot be saved. This point system seems arbitrary to me. Oh, absolutely. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just want to point out. I think it absolutely Point of contention, is. Your Honor. <laughs> you see, in the world of the Chief, the boys are the only true geniuses trying to make sense of an empty world. And they alone are responsible for deciding what is and isn't permissible. Mm-hmm. They have to act to make Ryuji a hero again. We're still not sure what this means. But we soon find out because the Chief orders Noburu to bring Ryuji to the, the next day. And then everyone else is given an item to bring with them. And this full-on list includes a scalpel, no. sleeping pills, a rope, tea, cups, a blindfold, a towel, and more knives. I'm failing to see where this is headed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tea party? <laughs> this is the worst, pic- the worst picnic knives? I've ever been to. Yeah. <laughs> Not no one brought food. Yeah. There's tea, sleeping pills, and knives to cut nothing. Yeah. yeah. Can't I just bring a plate of baguettes? <laughs> exactly. Where's the charcuterie board? Yeah. None of that. I'll bring the falafel salad in <laughs> case anyone's gluten free. You rocked up to this. You come to the picnic the next day and you've got a falafel salad. They're like, Kirsty, what the hell? Number six, what were you thinking? Like one kid who just completely, mi- I have misjudged this situation. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I thought we'd get hungry. <laughs> yeah. I've got scones and a bag of clinkers. Who's in? I guess mine's going to be pink. Let's find out. <laughs> That would be so good. <laughs> the chief says, the plan is, you're never going to believe this, they'll crush the sleeping pills into the tea, uh-huh. make Ryuji drink it, and then do to him what they did to the cat. Wow. Which is almost what you said before. So yeah. just very messed up. A lot of foreshadowing there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the chief asks if anyone is uh, afraid and no one says anything. He then pulls out a book on Japanese law, slams it down, reads the part that states any child under 14 in Japan can't be punished for committing a crime. They're all months away from turning 14, so this is their last chance. you got to get in. He says, if we don't act now, we'll never be able to obey freedom's supreme command to perform the deed essential to filling the emptiness of the world unless we are prepared to sacrifice our own lives. And you can see that it's absurd for the executioners to sacrifice their own lives. So he's like, if we do it now, we won't go to jail. Yeah. That's the plan. And with that, we're into... The final chapter. The chief having that book ready does seem like he's just been waiting for an excuse. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> like, this is... Waiting to cut something open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been marking the calendar every day and his parents like <laughs> yeah. think he's counting down to his birthday, but he's actually counting down to three days before, which is murder day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your birthday at all. He's like, I know. <laughs> My birthday's too late. <laughs> what a harrowing little boy. I know. But what will happen in this final chapter to bring it all together? He's going to rock up in a wet T-shirt yeah. and he's he's going to slip away from them because <laughs> he's all damp yeah. and slippery. I can't get a hold of him. <laughs> he's like a slippery fish. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he'll finally learn to love the sea because that's where he escapes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just swims away. <laughs> Butterflies out. Yeah. It turns out that, that the whole time he was a merman. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Here's what I don't get. So the English title it was... Is uh, the sailor who fell from grace with the sea? Okay, but the original Japanese translation is tugging in the afternoon. Tugging in the afternoon. Now, we've been joking about, it, but was tugging actually a reference to wanking? I think no. I think maybe no. it's probably tugboating. Yeah, he's a sailor. Oh, like, yeah. That's what I'm something. thinking. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the literal translation is wanking yeah, in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <but> because what <laughs> they, is it a reference to? They then? literally that's translated all. and then went, "Hang on, people are going to laugh <laughs> yeah. a lot at this." He already says, yeah. uh, "And yes, I did come." Um, kids are already going to be laughing at this. We need to work out. Yeah, there must be. Um, well, my uh, Google searches are about to be uh, skewed for the rest of my life. <laughs> tugging in the afternoon. <laughs> well, I just I just Googled tugging because I thought, you know, um, why not spice things up on my search history? But nothing nautical's coming. <laughs> well, I, I've Googled. Oh, tow a ship by means of a tugboat. I'm on uh, litcharts.com, which is one of those sort of uh, school resource websites, and it says. The novel's Japanese title literally means tugging in the afternoon, which is a reference to tugboats. But the Japanese words for glory and tugging are homophones. They sound the same but are written differently. Oh, so it's like it's a pun yeah, on the, glory. It's a, it's a Japanese title is a pun about the relationship between glory and sailing. Glory in the afternoon is also another phrase for ranking. I just want to point yeah. out. <laughs> so I'm just going for a glory in the <laughs> yeah, afternoon. Yeah. All right, so continue. Sorry about that. It actually even says John Nathan, who's the translator, who was a friend of Mishima, struggled to capture the pun in English. Even after finishing the whole translation, he still couldn't find an adequate title, so he met with Mishima, who offered him several alternative titles. Yeah. Uh, in Japanese, and they agreed on the one that translated elegantly to the sailor who fell from grace for the sea. There you go. Yeah, okay. that's nice. I, I think they made the right call. Imagine yeah, like yeah. telling you, telling your friend, I'm really sorry, but in English that sounds like having a wank in the afternoon. If you'd yeah. emailed me and said, <laughs> yeah. hey, we're reading a book tomorrow. It's called Tugging in the Afternoon. I'd be like, I don't know if I want to book you yeah, exactly. No, that's <laughs> I right. I think Dave's on his own with this one. I think I would have put the classic back on the book bookshelf <laughs> yeah, at yeah, the yeah, shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I would have bought it and uh, just read it quietly to myself. Yeah. That's right. You don't need to share that yeah, with your friends. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it got to the end of being like, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so final chapter, bring it all together. Mm-hmm. Ryuji says goodbye to Fisako, saying he's going to the pier to meet an old friend. Really, he's going to meet Naburu and his classmates, but Naburu asked him to keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. He's like... My friends really want to meet you and hear about your sailing stories. Can you meet them? But don't tell mum. And he's like, yeah, kid, I want to I want to have a bond with you. Yeah. That sounds great. So he happily goes along. They ask him to travel with them to a dry dock on the outskirts of town, uh, which is where they fix and build ships, one of those dry docks. And uh, he regales them with stories of his life at the sea. They get on the streetcar and travel to the last stop and then they walk for ages up a mountain and through fields. And Ryuji's like... This is a funny place for a dry dock away from the ocean. But anyway, let's keep going, kids. (laughs) Weird, we're traveling so far. Okay. How many are there in total? It's three, number one, number two, number three, and the chiefs. That's four kids in total, I'm assuming. And there's also a number four. Okay, so five five kids. kids. All right. You just never suspect, would you, that this little gang of like... Knife Ga- this carrying. gang of youths <laughs> yeah. were plotting to yes, murder you, would you? I just assume, cut me open. No. I do assume any gang of like 
young boys is murderous. So I just start, <laughs> I just start flailing wildly at children whenever I see them. I have seen you crying on High Street once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Surrounded by children. Yeah. Right after being stabbed many times, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm like, it's 3.30. They've just been let out of school. Oh, Still no. out, Sammy. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> They're waiting for the school bus and he was just weeping gently. Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So they get to the top of a hill, which offers a great view of the ocean, but it's also secluded and near no one else. Mm-hmm. Ryuji realizes he hasn't seen the sea in a long time, as he and he starts thinking about a sailor's life and all the places he's Focus, visited. Ryuji, I focus. Know. Yeah, now's not the time to take a trip down memory oh, lane. No, but he's absolutely daydreaming. He's thinking about how much he misses the lifestyle. Oh, wow. He starts singing an old sailor's song. Oh and all, god! All the boys laugh except Nabu, who's really embarrassed. He's like, "Oh no, let's just kill, kill him yeah. already." Yeah, yeah, stop doing sea shanties. <laughs> he tells stories of yeah, once with the ship <laughs> dead, like, stab him, <laughs> yeah, stab him, yeah. <laughs> kill him now, stuff the sleeping pills, whatever. We can take him. It's five yeah, of us. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts showing off with stories of the Suez Canal, of Hong Kong, visiting Egypt. He talks about visiting Newcastle, Australia, which I imagine was one of his highlights. <laughs> I I went there this year actually. Very good. It mm-hmm. is beautiful up, up there. there with Hong parks. Kong, Suez Canal, and Egypt. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Nobby's uh, Beach, fantastic. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, maybe it is up there with Egypt, actually. Yeah, Ooh, Sammy. No, yeah. 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 <laughs> One of the seven wonders of the world, yeah, Nobby's Beach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a quote from the book. Halfway through his story, Ryuji happened to glance and saw the leader of the boys slipping on a pair of long latex gloves. Tensing his fingers, the boy crossed them nervously again and again, as if to glue the cold rubber to his flesh. Ryuji ignored him. A bright student bored with class was acting on caprice. A meaningless display. Oh. So he's like, that's weird. Won't spend a second thought on that anyway. <laughs> They're putting down a rubber mat. Yeah. They're sharpening <laughs> they, knives yeah. on he's a like, whetstone. Anyway. <laughs> There's an episode of Dexter playing in the background, <laughs> yeah. but he's like, never mind. Never. Kids will be kids. The soundtrack starts ramping up to like, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> yeah. oh, weird, weird sound. Anyway. <laughs> the sea, my mistress. I miss <laughs> I love it. They're listening to Slipknot. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but, but he's like, well, anyway, with this road, you begins to daydream again about the life of a sailor he's turned his back on. Mm-hmm. He sees himself as Nabura once saw him, as a, a heroic sailor. He used to cover a life of glory, death, and women. Now he has the love of a single woman, but he doesn't have the other two, death or glory. Oh, oh uh, honey. I know, I know, uh-oh. Oh. If only you knew some. Yeah. Uh, and he feels the, the call of his grand cause is fading away. Oh, glory in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, so this is what he's thinking about. He's Afternoon thinking about, glory. and he's wondering, is this trade-off worth? <laughs> Should I have a wank right now? <laughs> I know. This is a weird place. Maybe There's also I'll, around, yeah, I'll, I'll wait till later for that. Yeah, but yeah. but I used to have these big aspirations, but maybe I've got to settle for this life on land. Is that going to be enough? But his daydream is broken when broken when the leader of the group says, "Want some tea?" Oh dear. Which he accepts without even turning his head. Roji then continues to daydream. The final lines of the book are, here's your tea, Nabooru offered from behind him, thrusting a dark brown plastic cup near Ryuji's cheek. Absently, Ryuji took it. He noticed Nabooru's hand trembling slightly, probably from the cold. Still immersed in his dream, he drank down the tepid tea. It tasted bitter. Glory, as anyone knows, is bitter stuff. The end. Oh. So we don't know what happened. We know what oh. happened. <laughs> but were there enough sleeping pills? 
Was yeah. he drugged? Did they kill him? Did they go through with it? I'd like to add this to the rap sheet, but for Mishima, you cannot end a book like that. <sighs> Wrong. Okay, sorry, the final line. It was all a dream. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes that? more sense. Yeah, I'm done with that. I am so angry. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. The you can't write a stuff whole was book bad, then... but this is worse. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> come on. Like, what a cop out. No, God, we, don't, we don't know. And if you look, it's quite a thin book. It's what is that, 150 yeah. pages or yeah. so. You could have given us a bit more, mate. A little more chapter. Yeah. It's, yeah. Th- that always feels to me like they just got bored. They're <laughs> yeah. like, I've said what I wanted to say. I don't know how to wrap it all up. Whatever. Yeah. How am I going to do the scene? Is it going to be gory or understated? Um, do you know what I'll do? I won't syn- do it at all. Synonyms for stab. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put that in the reader's mind. Yeah. That's your job now. Work it out. Yeah. Well, I've given you the gift of imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mate, you could have done that after one page. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Give like just dot set points. all the characters up in dot points and they'd be like, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I'm going to leave it yeah. to you. The world's laziest choose your yeah. own adventure. <laughs> I'm going to leave it to your discretion to fill in the gaps on this story. That is interesting. Well, so to revisit, Sammy, what you are saying before, he, having heard that, do you think that that is Mishima painting the... I think the whole thing's a metaphor. I think the um, Noburu is like, you know, the Japanese spirit that has been like unmanned because that's how he used to think Mishima right mm, and in yeah. his masculine feminine terms and so he, he sees it as unmanned he then sees America as this influence that comes in and um and, and basically is you know like hey, I'll be your dad and I'll be wonderful yeah, to takes you away all their autonomy, and, and, yeah. and all, all their autonomy and the only way for Japan because it's it's this this you know this energy has nowhere to go it goes towards acts of violence. It's not like he's he isn't con- he is condemning the thing the kids do, but he's also saying that they have this is what will happen in a world without a father and a and a masculine presence and and then and you know and and with that kind of martial spirit gone and all those things. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think this is what he's saying. That's my 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 pedestrian like summary of the thesis of the, of the themes of this story. I like that. And Kirsty, any notes on the tugging? Any analysis? <laughs> analysis? Well, that's, it's so funny that you asked me that question because I was just thinking how good it is that Sammy's here because, like, if it were up to me to summarise, I'm just like, the ending shit. It's lazy. It's shit. I don't get it. And Sammy's like, well, the whole thing's a metaphor. Beautifully said. And, like, Sammy, Sammy's just absolutely solved all of the world's problems and created world peace. And I'm like, it's shit. What about wanking in the morning? Shit, boo. Now I regret not making more wanking jokes. <laughs> no, we're, we're, you know, we're the yin and yang. Yeah, like right. we, both, we're both necessary. You played your parts perfectly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we're both very we necessary. We're the Buru's mum and dad here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain Dave had a reason why he got you and I on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Like so, you gotta get the balance right. Yeah, you can't have both Bill and Ted on <laughs> yeah. in the one episode. <laughs> You've got to have Ted and Socrates. <laughs> no, I, 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 I totally appreciate that. What if I was to tell you? So it's been made into a film in the seventies, nineteen seventy six, but they changed the location from Yokohama 
to Devon in England. I don't know if it would work. Yeah. Well, only because so much of this is is set in uh, in Japanese it's, culture. It's very cultural, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it'd ruin the metaphor. <laughs> it's just from this point on, it's purely wanking. <laughs> if you're moving it to Devon, it is absolutely pure wanking. <laughs> Between I'd start Chris Christopherson and Sarah Miles. If anyone's interested, I watched the trailer. Who's Sarah no. Miles? Why does it sound familiar? Uh, I what How's the trailer looked? Is one of those trailers from the eighties and eighties? Nineteen seventies, nineteen seventy six. Which is just like a man alone yes. on a boat. They're both uh, still alive, Sarah Miles and Chris mm. Christopherson. She's now eighty. Him, I know. That is genuinely bizarre, though. Like making it not Japanese. Yeah. It well, is bizarre. I, mean, I know it's no, so it's, it's such a really. bizarre. It, like that's like the whole of Hollywood. I know, like, but it's, like, the, it's, it's, it's the, they were just the the they, um, Scarlett Johansson did. That's all. Yes, you know, abso- but in the seventies, was anyone saying anything? No. <laughs> yeah, was it, it was a flop anyway. The movie? Ah, uh, no. I think it's it is well it right? to the point that if you okay. if you look it up, uh, the movie comes up before the book. Oh, when you look when you're on okay. when you're looking it up, uh, she's in multiple movies. Uh, Ryan's daughter is a film where she received an Academy Award nomination for mm-hmm. Best Actress. Okay. Oh, she was cool. married to the very famous playwright Robert Bolt. Ooh. Love Bob Bolt. <laughs> Bobby Bolt. <laughs> and then uh, Chris Christopherson, obviously. Yeah, yeah. A storied career of hits and Yeah, and, and misses. <laughs> yes, and misses. Yeah. But he's also still alive, I believe, yes. at the age of 86. Cool. Great work. Um, so any, any other final thoughts? What thought? did you think of it? I must say, I read, it's very uh, f- written in a very philosophical way. So everything's... A, What's the writing style like? Like, is it a pleasure to read or...? Uh, it's, it's, I feel like one of those ones where it's, it's very poetic. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're like, wow, what a phrase. And other times you're like, that could have been said so much more simply. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah, it's really yeah. impressive and other times yeah. you're like, okay. But, uh, and it jumps between the three, uh, main characters thoughts quite well and their, their sort of outlook. And the funny thing is they all have these internal monologues. I feel like none of the three of them really know each other mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, because it's very deep about what they think, and it then is, what they say out loud is never. It is all ships passing in the night. Yes. No one knows what the other person. Yes, internal... or this is the tip of the iceberg, if you will. Yeah, they, they pass on about ten percent of their personality, yeah. but the rest of it is very. The conversation doesn't reflect their deep inner thoughts, and honestly. For Ryuji, that is a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants that. He's been at sea for too long. He's written this these wild theses in his mind yeah. that probably shouldn't be shared. Yeah, hush those sweet lips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's enough. You say it best when you say nothing <laughs> yeah, at all. Absolutely. <laughs> Correct. It always comes back to Ronan Keating on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it should. As, As it, it should. absolutely yeah, should. Yeah, yes. should. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I did enjoy it. I, I, we used to give it a score out of five, mm-hmm. all three of us. Mm-hmm. Sammy, Kirsty, how are you feeling having heard that that story, the idea of that story? I was quite interested by it. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was interesting. It's the ending that let you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I. It's the kind of book where, like, when you reach that last page, you're like, no, there, there, there must be another page missing. Yeah, like, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know? So, I did. I years ago. You just run me. Years ago, I read the Life of Pi, like when everyone was reading yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved it. Thought it was great, but everyone was raving about it, and I just could not get my head around why everyone thought it was so groundbreaking. I agree with you. Yeah. And then, but and then. <laughs> At the time, uh, I went back because I was like, oh, "Like I've missed something," and like the the 
the bit of the story where everything is brought together. Oh, in the my pages the were stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> not like not for any nefarious reasons, but they but the pages were stuck together, and I'd missed the whole wrapping up of the story. The he explains like, the metaphor. Did, yeah, and I was like, it didn't make any sense. I've like, got the, what? I've got my copy of my book here. I better <laughs> yeah, just double should, check. Yeah, let's uh, make sure. Double that check is that the there's ending. no pages stuck <laughs> hang together. On, hang on, is there a postscript or anything? No, thank goodness. <laughs> I, I would be so funny if I realised. Hang on, actually. That's what's happened. I start reading about. Like, oh no, they stabbed the shit. Yeah, it's like no, they didn't explain scene. it all in graphic detail. That's so yeah. funny. I, I wasn't too let down by the new because I was a bit worried about what's going to happen because the cat thing was so awful. It's one of the worst things I've ever read. Mm. Like them killing a cat, cutting it open. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't know if I could handle the graphic description of a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drugged and being cut open. So I was that was sure. that was a relief for me. I, in my mind, I can be like, he just walked away and they went. I don't feel worry like, about it. I feel sure. like one more line of like, you know this first knife stabbing him or the ah, okay, boys yeah. lunging at him or something to clarify. Yes, or like they pulled the scalpel from a sheath, yeah, held something. it to the light, it glinted. Or even like he'd been daydreaming about his life at sea and then little did he realise that he was about to spend eternity in Davy Jones's life. Oh, great stuff. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I, that's that's poetry. Davy Jones's locker. <laughs> that famous Japanese phrase. <laughs> I should have written this book. <laughs> you are the Mishima of Australian writing. I, I agree. I absolutely am. You've got a militia my, already. We know yeah, that. My militia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where I thought you were going with that, and I was like, oh, this could be could be good if little did he know when he was daydreaming that yeah. he's already been drugged. And that was him yeah, yeah, going yeah. in and out of consciousness <laughs> yeah, yeah. as they're cutting the shit out of him. Dave, you give me oh. way too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, David Jones Locker, it does not get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Now five stars. Before okay. or two? two? Okay, so score, score out of five. Sammy, how are you feeling, honestly? Two, two and a half. Two and a half out of five. Okay, mm. fantastic. Uh, Kirsty? I'm giving it three. It's, oh, it's, really? it's losing two points because of the charges that I've made mm. against it for having a terrible <laughs> ending. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, list of charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One charge that it's losing a point for is the ending and the other charge is the stray cat. Mm. I, I hate it. Yes, it was. I, and I really glossed over it. it See, was... for me, the problem is that that stray cat stuff foreshadows the rest sure. too obviously. And so you're like, all right, I know where this is going. Yeah. This surprises stop coming. I don't know. Yeah, that's, from my, there. that's my feel. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a tale as old as time, yeah. isn't it? Like yeah. cruelty to animals, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. cruelty to your new stepdad. True, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Drugging him, taking him out to <laughs> yeah. the middle of nowhere and cutting him open, of course. Yeah, yeah. we've like we've all done Who it. Who hasn't been there? <laughs> yeah, we, we've all done it. We've <laughs> all been reckless 13-year-olds. <laughs> it's, a real, it's a real coming of age classic, this one. <laughs> I'm going to give it three and a half out of five because, mm. yeah, I, I, I enjoyed reading it. Um, also brevity it's not too thick exactly it, it was brief it didn't go on and on and on I feel yeah. like maybe in that poetic style if it had gone on for five or six hundred pages it would have yeah. been like alright put yeah. me out of my misery <laughs> yeah. give me some sleeping pills wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> wrap, wrap it up mate kill me like the stray cat yeah <laughs> but there is so like that's like that's a, a novella sized book right? absolutely like not a yeah. novel and I really don't understand why it's not more common Yes. Like in publishing, why more people don't publish novellas all the time? Because they are perfect. They're absolutely. And I think that he was proli- prolific and that is how he was prolific. Yeah. He published one, a book at least a year looking okay. throughout most of his life. And I'm thinking, yeah, because he just had a, an idea, wrote it out in 150 pages. Didn't give it bang. an ending. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> you know? He'd already moved on to the next book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me 
on on the podcast now you both do lots of great work uh outside of my podcast yeah, and i'd love i'd love to on. point people to, to towards it sam you've got a new show a new podcast on audible called mm-hmm. the mist that's that right. i've just started listening to oh yeah and i'm obsessed with it thank you very much um, yeah, it's M I S S E D yes. mist. Um, I wish the way they pronounce mist was M- the missed, <laughs> just because it, it would <laughs> yes. cause less confusion. Yes, I missed. Like, yeah. Yes, okay. Um, but that's how it's spelled, and it is. Yeah, it's a true, not true crime. It's a uh, fictional crime noir podcast series, uh, eight episodes, and it's a full cast production. Full so cast, radio play style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theater right. of the mind. Fantastically produced. It, yeah, there's even a note there saying that it, it's better on headphones, and I would yes, definitely suggest yes. that. I was, I've been uh, lying we play in with binaural audio lots. Yes, so, coming in and yeah. out. There's voices over here, over there. It's very intriguing already, mm-hmm. and I'm only uh, one episode in. Right, so. cool. Yeah, I hope you like it. Yeah, yeah. Very big fan of that. So people Thank can you. get check that out on Audible. On Audible, so audible.com.au/slash/themist, um, or just go to Audible Originals, and The Mist is one of the ones. Fantastic. And you've been yeah. doing very well on Audible too, up there in the charts. Yeah, all the yeah. Time, it's uh, it's been um, a lot of listeners in the UK, which is interesting because. I don't know audible how audible markets this stuff, but for some reason right. we've gotten a lot of fans in the UK, which has been wonderful. Yeah, fantastic! Thank Check you. it out. A big high recommend. Thank you, uh, Kirsty. What have you got coming up? Lots of gigs. Are you going out to sea at all? I'm going out to sea on Friday. <laughs> really? I That's am. I, yeah, I genuinely am. For uh, having a hoon out there for the weekend. <laughs> Love <laughs> Why it. Why not? Because um, I've just been uh, taking a trip down memory lane about all of my times mm. at sea, so mm. it'll be good to get the old... Would you like to be? legs wet again. That's not <laughs> how it works, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> the legs wet. What? <laughs> That is a fantastic phrase. I've been heading out there to wet my legs for a few days. Have you know what I mean? No, I don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, I actually do do my best work on your podcast. But um, other <laughs> other <laughs> other work I do, I'm on all social media at Kirsty Webeck. Um, I've got a website, KirstyWebeck.com. I'm out there. I'm working on a new show if you're in Australia. Mm. It'll be touring next year. Doing all the festivals next year. Doing the festivals. Yeah, Fantastic. I've got a mailing list on my website. Join it. You won't get spammed. Um, recently joined TikTok. Could really use a boost Great. there. Great. Fantastic. Very funny videos. I'm very good at what I do. Um, <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Another high recommend. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for having me, Dave. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you so Thank much. You. Great to have you both on. Uh, and for everyone out there, really appreciate uh, you listening to the podcast. And as we all say at the end of the podcast and that is thank you for listening and books forever yay <laughs> britannica britannica <laughs> oh. <laughs> i hope that catches on <laughs>